There's an old saying that says, from everybody who's been given a lot, a lot will be expected. And there's the story of the master who gave some servants some of his money. And he said, go do something good with this money. And the first servant, he doubled the money. The second one, he doubled his money. But the third one was afraid and he went and he buried it. He was afraid he would lose it all. So he did nothing, he buried it. The master came back and he said, what have you done? And the first one said, I doubled your money. The second one said, I doubled your money. The third one said, I didn't want to upset you, so I buried it and here's all your money back. And the master said to that servant, he said, you're lazy. You're lazy. Let me have all your money. And he took all of his money and he gave it to the first one. The man who had the most money was entrusted with the most and the person who was afraid of losing it lost everything. So here's the big question. How do everyday people like us who didn't grow up wealthy and were not taught how to be wealthy in school, how are we supposed to learn to think, invest, and grow wealth like the top 1% without compromising our ethics and our values? My name is Jeremy Whaley. That was my big question. This podcast will give you the answers. You're listening to Think Rich Radio. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Think Rich Radio. I am your host, Jeremy Whaley, and it's so wonderful to have you joining me for what I believe is going to be another excellent episode. I'm very excited about it, and I think you're really going to love the way it ends. I got a really cool surprise for you at the end, so that's going to be exciting. But before we get there, I do have a couple of announcements. My first one is a big thank you to each of you for listening. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode and the previous ones as well. Uh, I think we're going to pass over 10,000 listens this week, which is awesome. And it would not be possible if it were not for you guys, for you uh, subscribing and sharing it with your friends and your colleagues and your neighbors and even some of your worst enemies that you would like to see mature a little bit. So thank you so much for sharing it. I really appreciate that. Uh, Today, what we're going to talk about is a follow-up to the last episode, episode number 34, where I asked the question, how much money makes you greedy? And the responses that I heard from you guys were fascinating, to say the least. Uh, So we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to just kind of pick up where we left off and take it to the next level. So you guys are really going to love this. And I've got a little exercise for you. But before we get there, I have two requests that I would like to make of you. First of all, if you have not signed up for my training course, Think Rich 2020, this is the time to do it. You're a faithful listener to the podcast, obviously, because of the insights you get and the mindset training that it gives you. But this training that I did, Think Rich 2020... This is actually an in-depth dive in an organized way into some of the biggest challenges that you're going to face on your journey to success. You know, 80 to 90% of a person's success all happens in the head. You've heard me say that before. It's a mindset issue. But most people, they don't spend very much time on the mindset. They spend very little, if any, working in the mental capacity of it, the mindset issues, and they spend all their time on the strategy. One of my mentors used to say that the chokehold of every business is in the psychology of its leadership. It's a mindset issue. And I found that to be true in my own life and my businesses. I mean, I have more stories than you could imagine. But what you need to know is this program, Think Rich 2020, is designed for you to help you take your mindset to the next level, to break free from some of those limitations that you've placed in yourself. And that's why I believe that everybody needs to go through it to get your own access to Think Rich 2020. All you need to do right now is go to thinkrich2020.com That's thinkrich2020.com so you can learn more and you can decide 
you know, when this is the right program for you to go through. Again, that's thinkrich2020.com. Be sure to go check it out, and I know you're going to love it. The second thing that I need to ask you to do is to subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done it already, please subscribe. Look at it on your phone, on your tablet, wherever it is that you're listening right now, and push that button that says subscribe so you can be notified when the next episode is released. You know, sometimes those emails, they don't go out or they get filtered or whatever, but when you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher or that new one on Alexa, what do they call it? I think it's TuneIn or something like that. But whenever you subscribe on that, you're going to get every episode delivered straight to your phone or to your tablet or whatever device you're listening to. As soon as it's released, it's going to come straight to you. So be sure to get yourself subscribed because you don't want to miss a thing. I gotta be honest with you, I'm a little ticked off. Last week I was ticked off, and this week I'm a little ticked off too. If you want to know what started the whole thing, it was a dad of one of my son's friends. He was going on and on about how rich people this and rich people that, and needless to say, it wasn't very kind. So I kind of took a little bit personal, because most people would consider me rich. You know, even though my net worth has gone up and down a few times, I don't necessarily think of myself as that rich, but... Um, you know, I certainly don't think about money the same way the average person does. And I've had some really great successes in my life. So, you know, however you choose to classify me, whatever. But here's what I do know. I know how I behave and I know how I treat people. And I know how hard I've had to work to get the successes that I've had. And I look at the other people that I know that I engage with and how hard they've had to work to get their successes and how they behave and treat people. So I live in this world. It's a different world than this dad of my son's friend. And when he was sitting there making these accusations, well, it kind of hurt. So I asked him, I said, well, how do you know when you're greedy? And that's what stimulated that last episode. Now, I knew it was going to be a hot potato, but I didn't quite expect some of the responses that I was going to get. And I had responses from some people that say I was wrong. They say that nobody ever sabotages their success because they're afraid of being greedy. I had other people that were saying that every rich person they've ever met is greedy. And so it's quite fascinating. We got everything in the middle here. Some people say you know, nobody's worried about being greedy. Other people are saying everybody's greedy, and we just kind of got a hodgepodge there. Quite the mixed responses, huh? But you know what's interesting? Everybody can agree on one thing. Everybody can seem to agree that more money is good. Oh, yeah. Just not too much money. More money is good. I just don't want too much money. So I thought about it, and I wondered, how could it be that everybody seems to want more money, but they can't agree on when greed kicks in? How can it be? I thought about this all week. And then I remembered, of course, it's because everybody has a different model of the world. That's the difference. So in this episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain this concept of the model of the world. And I'm going to help you understand better your model of the world, at least as it relates to money. And then at the end, I've got a little exercise that is really special. I think you're going to think it's really cool. And it's going to help you expand your own model of the world as it relates to money. So what is your model of the world? Well, your model of the world is how you view the world. We all have a different model of the world. It's defined usually by our past experiences, things that we've experienced, the environments we've been in. Those things all help determine how we see things. Maybe you heard the story of the two twins, a fairly famous story interviewed by a psychologist. These two twins grew up in a very abusive household. 
with an abusive father who was an alcoholic and he was in and out of jobs, always in and out of jail, and was just a horrible father and a horrible role model. One twin goes on to become a doctor or a lawyer or some sort of a high-paid professional and has a very stable family life, never touches alcohol. The other twin, just like his father, in and out of jail, is an alcoholic, mistreats everybody, he's full of anger. So the psychologist interviews these two twins and says to one of them, how did you do this? How did you become a, a drunk who's always in and out of jail mistreating everybody? And the, the kid says, did you see my father? How could you have expected anything different from me? And then he goes and he asks the brother, he asks the other twin, he says, how could you have done this? How could you have become a doctor or lawyer or whatever it was? And he says, did you see my father? How could I have become anything other than the opposite of him? Two twins, same experience, different model of the world, different values. One took the experience from his father, and he said, I'm just going to be like that. I can't be anything else. The other took the experience from his father, and he said, I can't be like that man. I'm not going to be that. It's easy to see this model of the world difference showing up in the story of the twins, but what about a worldview of a Christian versus a Muslim? Two individuals who are trying to get to God— Both would say they serve a singular God, and yet two very different stories of how that plays out, two very different models of the world. Or what about a Patriots fan who loves Tom Brady and then every other NFL fan who thinks Tom Brady's the greatest, but they love to hate him because all he does is beats them. Different model of the world, right? We love the greatest of all time until they're playing against us. Here's the crazy thing. Every viewpoint, every model of the world, it could be right. Just because it's different than your model doesn't mean that their model is wrong. And if we can understand that more about the people that we engage with, if we can understand more of their model of the world, it's a lot easier to build rapport and to connect with those people. Just because you have a different model of the world, it doesn't mean you're right. And just because you have a different model, it doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means you're different. To help illustrate this point a little bit further, I want to do a little exercise with you. Wherever you are right now, I want you to look around and notice everything that you see that's green. Think green. Think green. Notice everything that you see that's green. Just kind of look around above and sideways, both sides, left and right, and behind you and underneath you. and Look everywhere you see something around you that's green. And now what I want you to do is close your eyes. If you're driving, maybe pull over to do this exercise. But close your eyes for a brief moment and remember everything you saw that was red. Remember everything you saw that was red. You got it? All right. Well, before you have an accident, if you're listening while you drive, open your eyes back up. And the point of this exercise is simply to bring to your awareness that we get more of what we focus on. As long as I'm talking about green, you're looking around and you're finding green here. You're finding green there. There's probably... Green stuff on the walls or green cars passing by or a green bird flying through the air. I don't know. You're probably making stuff up that's not even green. It was half brown and you still called it green because you wanted to be an achiever. But as soon as I said, remember what you saw that was red, what happened? 
your brain starts shifting and it's 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 confused. It says, "Well, wait, I, I I was looking for green." But that's human nature. We get more of the thing that we focus on. If you spend a lot of time in an environment that's very heavily Christian, guess what? You're going to have a Christian model of the world. And as a result, you're naturally going to find more Christian people that you can be around. If you spend a lot of time talking about growing wealth, you're going to know a lot more about growing wealth and have a healthier respect for how to grow wealth than the average person. And you're likely going to find more stories of wealthy people that are doing good stuff. But if you spend a lot of time in an environment that says wealth is bad and wealthy people are greedy people, then you're probably going to find a lot of examples of people who are greedy and wealthy. And if your model of the world suggests that wealth is bad, then it's no wonder you're struggling to break out of that old pattern and create the extra money that you desire. So how do we define wealth? How do we know when someone's wealthy? It's kind of a crazy question. The only way I know to define it, universally at least, is like this. Anybody who has more money than me. And that seems to be the unspoken definition. Isn't that true? Anybody who has more money than you is more wealthy, so we tend to think of them as the ones who should maybe pay their fair share. Raise taxes on the people who make more than me. More than me. That's just fine. Just not me. So whether you earn $20,000 a year or $200,000 a year, doesn't it seem that everybody feels the same way? I've never talked to a person making $200,000 a year that says, yeah, I'm hoping they raise my taxes. No, it's, it's anybody who makes more than me, but leave me alone. I need the extra money. And yet people come to me making $20,000 a year and people come to me making $200,000 a year and some come making $500,000 or more and every one of them says the same thing. I need more money. Every one of them. What's the difference? Here it is. The difference is that everybody has their own model of the world. One model says $200,000 is a lot of money. Another model says $200,000 is barely getting by. And I'm going to suggest that neither is right, neither is wrong. They're both just different models of the world. Now that we understand model of the world a little bit better, I want you to ask yourself a question. Ask yourself, how much money am I making? And by I, I mean you. How much money are you making? And would I actually be okay if I doubled it? How much money am I making? And would I actually be okay if I doubled it? Now, most of you are immediately going to say yes. A big resounding yes. Please double my income. But if it were true, then you'd probably find a way to double your income, don't you think? If you're stuck with the same income, it's because you need to upgrade your model of the world. What if $200,000 a year was your expectation? Rather than having it as a wish, what if you expected to make two hundred grand a year? Or 500 grand or whatever that number is. If you expected to make that much money, do you think you'd find a way to do it? The answer is probably yes. And if you're expecting to live month by month, well, you can't be surprised when the month rolls around and you're still barely getting by. So how can we change our model of the world to expect something better? How can we expect a better result? And I want to teach you a concept called living the future in advance. Is it possible? Could we really live the future in advance before it happens? Well, I'm going to give you a big resounding yes, it is possible. In fact, you're already doing it. You just don't realize you're doing it. 
I want you to think for a moment about a relationship with somebody that you're not crazy about, someone that kind of drives you nuts. Hopefully it's not your spouse, maybe a coworker, but think of somebody that kind of drives you nuts in your life and somebody who, you know, makes your life a little bit difficult. You have that person? Now I want you to think about a typical encounter with this individual and imagine for a moment that this person is now engaging with you in one of those friction-like encounters, just kind of annoying and you feel a little bit more tension in your body right now. You feel that resistance that's, that's kind of pushing back. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just avoid this encounter altogether? Well, great. Let it go. Avoid it. Because you made it up anyway. <laughs> there's, there's no encounter. It's not really happening. But do you see what just happened? Do you understand? You just experienced something in advance of it actually happening. And if you imagine it enough, your body actually responds to the stressors And your body actually tenses up and becomes stressed the same way that you do when you encounter this individual. Now, this is a simple example, but we do this stuff all the time. Did you realize that there's more heart attacks on a Monday morning than any other day of the week? It's true. Just anticipating the stress of the week. It's enough to give people a heart attack. Now, Dr. Joe Dispenza has done a lot of work in this this area. And what they've been able to show is they've been able to show with medical machinery, with the EEGs and whatever those brain machines are, they've been able to show that the brain will actually change based on what you're anticipating in the future. So if you're anticipating financial stress, well, you'll imagine that that's happening now. You'll start to be stressed right now, even as if it's already happened, even though it may not happen. You're anticipating the financial stress. If you anticipate financial surplus, if you anticipate financial abundance, guess what? They've been able to show that your brain actually adapts to that now, in this moment, as though it's already happening. So we're living the future now. So I'm curious, what future are you living right now? Are you rehearsing a life of just barely surviving over and over so that when it actually happens, you say to yourself, ah, there it is, my life of mediocrity. Oh, I knew you'd come. Welcome home. Or are you imagining a better financial future? Are you imagining one full of abundance? One full of everything you need? And are you giving thanks and gratitude for how amazing it is like it's already happened? Or are you imagining a better financial future, one full of abundance and every need taken care of? And are you giving thanks and gratitude for how amazing it is that you're experiencing all this abundance like it's already happened. So you see, it is possible to live the future in advance. We've already been doing it. You're already doing it. Everybody's doing it. And because of that, it's equally possible to let go of your financial stress now. And it's possible to imagine what it's going to be like to experience financial abundance now. And then when it shows up in the future, you're just going to say, ah, there you are. I knew you would come. Welcome home. You know, people say they want to live a life of abundance, but the only way to really do that is to experience it. There's plenty of people who have a lot of money who are not experiencing abundance. There's plenty of people who don't have a lot of money who are experiencing a lot of abundance. 
So what I want to help you do right now is experience a lot of abundance, even if you don't presently see the dollar amount in your bank account. So I want to help you do that right now. Now, if you're driving, you're going to need to pull over to do this exercise because I don't want you to have a wreck. You have to close your eyes. So go ahead and pull yourself over to the side of the road or to a parking lot. You can go ahead and pause me right now. Get yourself pulled over. So pause. Okay, and if you're back, then I'm going to assume that you've pulled your vehicle over. Those of you who were not driving, then great. You already pulled yourself over. Regardless, here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes and take a deep breath in and let it all out and feel the relaxation in your body. And as you're feeling that relaxation in your body, I want you to think about the current income that you have, your current income, whether it's $4,000 a month, or $10,000 a month, or $20,000, $200,000, I don't care how much it is. Just get the number in your head. All right, do you have that number? Now what I want you to do is I want you to multiply it by 10. Multiply it by 10. So if you were expecting $4,000 this month, now you're going to get a raise to $40,000 this month. And if you're expecting $10,000, then... This month, you're going to get $100,000. You're expecting $100,000, on and on, whatever. Multiply it by 10. And now with this newfound raise, we've got to go live it up. We've got to go experience it a little bit. So you get 10 times the income you currently have, but you have to spend it by the end of the month. And if you don't do that, then you're going to lose it. So the good news is you get more next month. Every month, you can get 10 times your income, but... You have to spend it by the end of the month or else you're going to lose it. So now I want you to go on an adventure. Think about how you're going to spend your money. You've got 10 times your present monthly income and you've got to spend it this month. You can go ahead and pause the recording. And when you've got the ideas, go ahead and unpause and we'll talk about it. Okay, I'm assuming you did the exercise, and I want to ask you, how did that make you feel? When you're thinking about spending 10 times your monthly income all this month, it's probably really, really hard. And if you were able to spend it all this month, I'm curious, could you spend it next month, and the next month, and the next month? You see, for you, that's a really hard exercise, because you've been living on your present income. But do you realize that there's quite a few people who live on 10 times your income and they're still living paycheck to paycheck because they've raised their standard of living. They have more expensive cars and more expensive homes and everything's just more expensive. It's not that they necessarily manage their money any better. They just are living a higher quality of expectation. When we talk about standard of living, that's what we're talking about. It's the standard that people get used to. And what happens is it's easy to judge somebody else and say, well, they have a higher standard than me, so they must be greedy. But now we're just devolving into being judgmental people. Rather than ask ourselves, how must they think that's different than the way that I think? You see, just because your model of the world said $4,000 a month is enough, doesn't mean that $4,000 a month is enough. And to some people, it's exorbitant. 
more than 90% of the world lives on less than $1,000 a year. So, you know, your $4,000 a month is 10 times to them. It's crazy how much money you get to live on. But then there's some people that look at $4,000 a month and they say, that won't get me through half of a week because their standard of living is different. If you want to increase your standard of living in your life, you need to do this exercise over and over, not just for this month, not just for next month, but for every month and just keep doing it over and over so that your brain starts to understand what it feels like to be living on 10 times your current salary. And you have to get rid of it every month. You have to, because if you don't get rid of it, it's going to disappear. Then you turn around, you do it next month, you turn around, you do it next month. And for a moment, it's going to become exhausting because you've never thought that way. You've never imagined spending that much money in a month, month after month, every month. And guess what? That's why you don't have the money. You don't have the money because you've not imagined having it. You've not imagined truly living and experiencing life on that level. I want to encourage you to do it. I want to encourage you to go ahead and imagine it. And then when you actually start imagining it, maybe... You know, you can put some of your budgeting in place and you can start to save some and you can start to allocate some a little bit differently. But for the purpose of this exercise, go ahead, spend the money, experience the abundance, experience what it means in your own mind to have that kind of abundance and be able to fly in a private plane if you want to, to every major league baseball stadium in the country, whatever your dream is, it doesn't matter because guess what? Next month you get to do another one and the next month you get to do another one. But you got to spend the money every month. You got to get rid of all of it. And the reason we do this exercise is because it helps to reset your internal money thermometer. As we start to reset your thermometer, it's going to be a lot easier to bring that kind of success and that kind of money into your life. So that's your homework. Go do this exercise every day for 10 to 15 minutes a day for the next week. Go do it over and over again and carry it out month after month after month. And then maybe sit back and ask yourself the question again, how much money would it take to make me greedy? And what you're going to find is, you know, if you've 10x your current income, you could probably 10x it again. You could probably 10x it again. And you don't change. Your standard of living changes, but you don't change. Because as we talked about in the last episode, greed is a state of the soul. It's not an amount of money. It's a state of the soul. And if you're not a greedy person, then it doesn't matter if you're making $5,000 a month or $500,000 a month. The amount of money is not going to make you greedy. It's about who you are as a person. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. If you've not subscribed already, please subscribe. Get yourself subscribed to Think Rich Radio over on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts and Google Play and all the different podcast directors that are out there. And, of course, I really appreciate it if you share it with your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers and your children and your grandparents and anybody else that you want to share it with. Just go ahead and share Think Rich Radio. You can send them straight to thinkrichradio.com. Or you can send them to uh, one of these podcast links, and it would mean the world to me if you would help me share it. 
and get the message out. Also, if you've not signed up for Think Rich 2020, this is the time to do it. ThinkRich2020.com. ThinkRich2020.com. Get yourself signed up for Think Rich 2020. It is an excellent program. It's going to help you rewire a lot of the mindset issues that you probably don't even realize you've been working through. These things that have been keeping you from becoming successful, they're all mindset issues. They're unconscious behaviors, unconscious thinking cycles that are happening underneath the hood. It's it's under your conscious mind. That's why we call it subconscious or unconscious. And Think Rich 2020 is going to help you break through some of those barriers. So go ahead and check it out over at thinkrich2020.com. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. And until next time, just remember to live extraordinary. I'll talk to you soon.